a vast, unrelenting landscape. The last shimmers of an island sun. A plethora of holes punctuating the terrain like an enormous Swiss cheese. This is the home of the mighty Capybara. for my first interview having left the harbour at such an early hour I couldn't help but notice all the strange characters aboard the carriage Your voice sounds like a hamster being squished by two big hands in a lorry I was stopped to have my ticket checked. Tickets, please. I didn't have my ticket. There is no room at the inn for people like you. <clears throat> Not far off now. I could see the landmark statue of Callum Capybara Third leering out on the edge of the pier. 30 feet tall, welcoming tourists to the wonders of Capybara Island. The view was stunning, but you know what? I wish I hadn't wore these flip-flops. I was under the impression it were to be less wetter down here. Still, I could keep myself entertained by counting how many steps it would take me to get to the next dry patch of land. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, hello there, Mr. Birdie. What seems to be the problem? I'm afraid I don't have time to solve your riddle. I've an interview to get to. Six, seven, Eight, nine. Counting became a nuisance, and I began to think about all the birdies that didn't make it to their destination. All those who had lost balance, fallen to the cold, wet ground, bringing no food home to the nest. All those hungry little kiddies crawled up, tightly waiting for one worm to feast on. I wonder what Mr. Birdie was trying to say to me. Perhaps he was in some kind of danger and he wanted me to scoop him out of his nest and take care of him as one of my own. I came here to interview a capybara named Steve. According to the instructions I'd written on my trusty piece of paper, Steve liked to occupy bramble bushes and only ever came out when the badgers stopped meditating. Steve? Oh, Steve? Are you there, Steve? No, Steve. This bush was cold and bitter. The leaves seemed to have dissolved into the darkness, and all I could see now 
was the red blinking light on my tape recorder. Like an SOS signal, beaming towards the sky in a panic. Then, a light at the end of the tunnel. Oi! What are you doing in my bus? Oh, I was just, uh, looking for someone. That bus is cursed, you know! Lucky you weren't sucked into it for too long, or you'd have become a bus creature! Well, I'm safe now. So you, um, you own this bush? Yes! And I hear you've been looking for me? Have I? What have you got in that hand there? Is that one of them fancy tape recorders? It, it is. Oh, God! That must have cost a fortune, that one! Uh, a fair bit, I'd say. And how many buttons does that one have? Uh, four, I believe. It, um, it stops the recording. Oh, that's a handy feature, that is. Oh, how rude of me. I didn't introduce myself. My name's Brian Fistthumb, and I'm the king of the capybaras here on Capybara Island. This creature was not a capybara. I'm fairly new to this business. You see, being a king wasn't the career path I'd planned out for when I was little. My mother would always push my artistic side out of me. Always caught me doing watercolour paintings and sculptures of frogs with their tongues curled inside out. You know, really weird shit. Anyway, I found out my great uncle fucked one of the old king's wives in a dream and thought he had got her pregnant in real life. So he ran to the royal palace and demanded to see the baby. Of course, there was no baby! But then he started climbing up the wall and saw young Darius poking out the window, thinking it was an angel coming to save him. And well, you can imagine what happened next. No. He snatched young Darius away and fled the city. Now, of course, they're all chasing after him and he's trying to steer them all off. Give us back our son, they're screaming. And he's throwing obstacles at them. Get away from my son, he's saying. And I tell you what, mate, it was absolute chaos. <laughs> Sorry to be rude, but do you mind me asking? You want to know about my long beak? Okay. Well, you see, back in the 70s, the capybaras were a wild bunch. They spent a lot of their evenings loving up with other species across the river. In fact, they happened to be getting quite chummy with the magpies. And you know, one capybara drinks too much crow's juice and ends up round the back of their nest because his shack is way across the other side of the pond. And then four months later, I pop out. That's uh, quite a story. I know! I tell everybody! How about I tell you about how I got this wooden leg here? Sure. Well, peeking round the harbour one night, you're bound to see some odd stuff. Naked fishermen, dolphins with throwing knives, clowns sinking into the pavement, spiders with web... I couldn't concentrate on what Brian was saying. All I kept thinking about was the whereabouts of Steve. Why was I talking to this crow? Was there even a Steve on Capybara Island? Or had I been tricked by my superiors again? Husbands coming to life. 
siphon swallowing up the elderly. Sorry to interrupt you here, Brian, but do you mind me asking the whereabouts of uh, Steve? Oh, I wouldn't go talking to him. Right nuisance he is. I caught him in the river last Sunday trying to fish salmon with his recycling bin. Heaven knows what his arse smells like. Salmon, perhaps. Brian, could you possibly... You want to know where I grew up? That sounds great, never think. And I really appreciate you giving the time to talk to me. But I don't think you're the right animal I should be talking to about this. What are you saying? That I'm not good enough to show you the ways of a capybara? Well, seeing as you're not a capybara... No, seeing as you're not a capybara, how about I come over to whatever pigsty you live in and shit in your bin? Show you what a real capybara is made of. Again, not a capybara. Stop it! I won't believe it! No! I'm a capybara! No! Brian. No, Brian. Wait, Brian. Don't go. They all leave in the end. As soon as the truth gets to them, they sulk in the corner like a wet napkin under a bus shelter. Forcefully observed by every commuter who forgot their phone back at home, the wet material deteriorates and they find their true soul lying against the tarmac. There you are. What are you doing up in that tree there, Mr. Birdie? Are you stuck? Here, uh, fly into my arms. I, I won't drop you, I, I promise. There, there, Mr. Birdie. You're safe now. Away from the creatures of the night. I suppose you think that bird's a bird, am I correct? Sorry? Yes, there are no birds on this island. They have all been replaced by a sophisticated AI system. Oh. Let me show you. Subject 724. Fly towards the sun. Is he actually going towards the... Soon Mr. Birdie will be tomorrow's breakfast. Now, I'm sorry I've not shown my face yet. My name is Steve Fistbottom. And I'm the king of the capybaras here on Capybara Island. Right, are you the actual king? Because that's what the last one told me. I'm guessing you're referring to Brian Fistbum. Yes, my dreadfully irritating younger cousin. He was made in the lab, unfortunately, explaining his rather eccentric appearance. But hey-ho, let me show you around. This is where we keep the owls during the day. They are the true keepers of our sanctuary. We hear their squawks, we hear their cries, and every now and then we pray that one of them will eat us in the night. I'm sorry? This is the pit where we sacrifice the champions of the Capybara Olympics. The, the Capybara Olympics? Why yes, you, you must have heard of it. I wasn't given much research, unfortunately. Are you a running, jumping feral machine? Do you have the determination and drive to compete in hundreds of events? Or to be crowned champion of the capybaras, where you'll be sacrificed to the hyenas in the pit of mercy. I love the Olympics. My feet are shaking just thinking about the hyenas' teeth in my skin. Starved once a month for this special event, you'll be certain to be gobbled up in a flash. <laughs> Don't wait. 
Sign up now to the Capybara Olympics and you could take part in events such as... The Baked Bean and Spoon event, Nose Diving, Baked Bean Badminton, Chase the Peanut on the Stick. Run, Capybara, run! Where's Mother hiding? Hide and seek in the cool space. The Cursed Baked Bean event, the Hand Standing Endurance Test. Nude Table Tennis. Walk, Capybara, walk! Stop the elderly from getting into your hut and ransacking your peanuts. Glue together mother's antique vase before she gets back from her hairdresser's appointment. The loser takes it all. Go to bed before your neighbors find out you their life. Oh, this useless thing. I never should have bought it from that donkey of a salesman. Why are you shouting in there? I'm not shouting. I'm trying to fix the TV. It's already broken. I know it's broken. That's why I'm trying to fix it. Sorry about that. You can't even fix the hole in your shoes. How are you going to fix the TV? Yes, I can. They just broke again. So you didn't fix them? Would you please keep your voice down? We've got a guest. A what? A guest. I'm not going to guess. Just tell me who's in there. If I was a guest, I'd have a decent seat to present my name, marriage and status, show size, right, intention, or before stepping forward. Don't you close the door on me. I've got a right to speak. I've got a right to do what I want. You know what, Steve? Seems like we're probably in the perfect place to start the interview. If you don't mind doing it here, that is. Oh no, not at all. Let me just uh, turn off the telly, then I'll, I'll be all yours. Great. I'm the little man who lives inside the television set. The guy on the top left of the giant remote you are holding in your hands will switch me off. Please, switch me off. Thank you. So, Steve, King the Capybaras, tell me what are the benefits of being a capybara? Well, um, there are a lot of benefits. There's a lot of green around, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of meadows. We've got nice huts. We've got, we've always had a nice life. Everything's amazing, really. There's grass everywhere in the, in the fields around us, so we, We'd never starve. We're excellent swimmers. We don't ever have to worry about where to sleep because we are basically a pillow. You know, we're fluffy, soft. We could be eaten by a hyena. The views on the island are amazing. They're incredible. You know, there's a lot of great things about being a capybara, really. I can't think of anything bad at all. Wait, can we just back up on what you said about the hyenas there? Yes. You, you, you mentioned the benefit of being one is being eaten by a hyena. Oh, yeah, that's probably the the best part about being a capybara, to be honest. What, why, what, why is that? I'm guessing your culture's a bit different to ours. Probably, yeah. You see, you, you, you think hyenas are bad, right? Mostly, yeah. I mean, I can't don't know what else they do good for the world really apart from basically eat you up that's right they eat us up and you want to be eating up yeah um you see right capybaras 
they're, they're, they've got a happy life, they've got a lovely life, right? But do, do you believe in spirituality at all? Not really, no. We see capybaras, they're very um, spiritual animals. You know, we believe in an afterlife. We believe that when we're re reincarnated, we become a hyena. We become a, a hawk. We become an eagle. We become our worst enemy. You know, so then we can do what has happened to us to other other creatures. Right. So it's like a revenge in a way. It's like a retaliation for all the slain capybaras in society exactly it's it's a revenge I thought capybaras were quite nice animals uh, no right I, I, I find this very interesting by the way you know your view on deaths very um, very intriguing but what are your opinions on us what do you think about our view on death or or view in life in general? Bewildered. Bewildered? Yes. What do you mean, bewildered? What, why? Why Why that? Um, I just don't think any of them know what they're doing. You think having something like opposable thumbs would be useful, but... They just use them to pick their boogers and, uh, you know, light bonfires and such. Well, um, what would you do differently if you had um, opposable thumbs? I think washing can become a bit of a nuisance. Because, you see, it's quite annoying when you take your washing out of the, the machine and you have to take it to the outside to dry, right? You have the same culture as us in that. Yeah. We don't have any hands to carry it, so we use our teeth. And, you know, there's always bite marks and um, holes in our underpants. It's just, it's not nice to have, you know. And it would be nice to just have one day where that doesn't happen. I mean, I've always wanted to learn poker as well. It's a bit tricky when you can't really hide your cards against your chest like humans can. Right. Are you much for gambler? No, but um, I like the designs on the on the playing cards. You know, the Joker, the King, the Queen, the um, the Seven. Well, maybe a game like Snap would suit you better, because poker can become quite addictive. But I don't think I have an addictive personality. You see, some capybaras would spend all day and night competing to see who could hold their breath the longest in the river but it never really interested me you know I, there was just bickering at the end and just arguments and who cheated and who didn't cheat and who it always ends horribly I suppose it's like every race of animals no one's the same not every beaver likes building dams exactly and I feel as if capybaras are typically categorised in a very prejudiced way. Really? What kind of prejudice? Well, okay, I'm going to take a 
humans again, for example. When humans read an article about a little little child trying to pet a capybara, and then they end up having their fingers bitten off, well, then that obviously looks really bad on us, doesn't it? We're painted as these monsters of the animal kingdom, but deceptive monsters. You know, we look cute and fluffy and everything, but as soon as little Jimmy wants to feel our fur against his skin, bam, no, no more video games for Jimmy. And, you know, his whole family hates capybaras now. But in reality, I, I love to be petted. I love, I, I love it. I, I do. You know, it feels great. I love human interaction. It's just some capybaras out there are bitter and foul-tempered. And it's hard because we're, we're trying to change that. You know, we're educating people. We, we, we're encouraging humans to come to the island to see what a really welcoming bunch we are. But there's always this thought that goes through their minds that we're going to bite their nose off as soon as they make eye contact with us. I think that's just one case, though. I don't think a lot of people think capybaras are dangerous. And we're not, even though that one case has tarnished our reputation forever. It's still there, you know. It's still if it if it wasn't for that family, right? If it wasn't for that family, we'd be able to roam the earth free. You know, we'd be able to take boats and trains to. Finland and Australia and live amongst humans fine but instead we're stuck to this island this island that just we we can't go anywhere we it's 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 hot it's you know it's um it's good to let this stuff out I don't think I'd be able to talk about this in front of another capybara it's a quite sensitive issue, I'll say. Well, it's good to talking about it. Some people in our race will just bottle things up. They won't. They won't talk about their emotions. But I guess you can keep it occupied with hobbies and such interests. And do, do you have any hobbies at all? I do photography every now and then. Really. Well, what what kind of photography? Portraits mainly. When I see interesting people in the street, I like to stop them and ask them if they'd like their picture taken. And are most people quite open to it? And mostly, I'd say yeah. I mean, I usually do it in the east side of town. It's kind of it's a bit of a um, place full of hipsters I think you call them yeah they wear hats and uh, they do the hipster thing and I, I, I usually get quite a positive um, response when I ask people if they like their picture taken you know most people are like they love it you know they love to be they make them feel like a celebrity but there was this one time where this particular capybara was not welcoming at all. Oh, really? I was in this really nice part of town by Billy's Coffee Shop. It's this really nice um, shop with, like, a hat collection in the display window. And um, 
umbrellas inside and it, it, it looks it looks really um trendy and i was just waiting outside just observing everyone trying to figure out who would be interesting to approach and i saw this particular capybara looking out over the, the canal and he was wearing a bathrobe chandelier shorts and a, and a really nice necklace for the oysters and he was just smiling over at, at the ducks on the canal he looked so content he looked like I thought it would be perfect to snap of you know he had such a a wonderful welcoming smile so I went over I, I was really nice you know I I said um excuse me but do you mind if I and he um he didn't even let me finish my question without even turning his head to look at me he snatched the camera right out of my hand and threw it into the canal oh god Did, didn't even flinch then he said what are you gonna take a picture with now smart guy but did he not know you were the king at the time well you see that's when I noticed by his feet on a leash he was holding a a blind rat sorry a blind rat a blind rat I, I think the equivalent in your culture is a dog of some sort Oh, you mean a, a guide dog? Yes, something to guide the blind. But aren't rats colourblind? Well, we can't exactly be too picky. We don't exactly have the strength to domesticate any other animals. I mean, look at us. I guess so. So, did you tell him that you were the king? I was tempted, but then I thought, am I really going to belittle a blind capybara? Yes, but he was, he was rude to you, surely. Yes, but I know that when I die and become a hawk, I'm going to find him looking over the canal in the exact same position. And I'm going to pick him up and drop him down somewhere very, very far. Oh. Okay, I guess, um, I guess that's reasonable. You know, he did humiliate you. Very. He humiliates me a lot. Do you get quite angry when people belittle you or humiliate you? I'm the kind of capybara who will something frustrating will happen to me someone will bump into me in the street and I'll be you know quite disrupted by it and I'll just go home and write what, what I do to them instead of actually doing it you know I like to fantasise what I'd like to do to them I don't have the the, um, the drive to um, to act upon it but I like to I like to write the fantasy. I like to imagine myself in that scenario. I like to imagine that myself as a big dragon breathing fire onto all of my enemies. 
becoming the one and only thing that can destroy everything. Right. Would you think you'd become a dragon in your next life? I'd hope to be a dragon. I'd hope to be. I'd hope to be the dragon that kills all the dragons. I hope to be the, the one dragon to rule them all. Isn't that Lord of the Rings? Yes, Lord of the Dragons. What's the happiest moment for a capybara? You know the moment when you flush the toilet and there's that lingering sound of the water after it's after it's fully circulated. The mm, mm, mm. humans have toilets. Oh, oh yes, we're quite we're quite fond of them. I like my toilet. I'm always pestering my kids to have a wash in it. How many how many kids do you have? Twenty two. Wow. No 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 no. Twenty three, sorry. Right. It's funny because when they were being conceived I miscounted them the first time. So I always thought we had twenty two. But then when it came round to, to their, their first birthday, well, surprise, you know, one extra little munchkin peered out round the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I joke about it a lot with my, with my wife and uh, Rufus, the, third, tw- the 23rd one. We joke about how we can't see him, how we just turn invisible for the day, and, and then we can see him for the day. You know, we, we ignore him completely. It sounds quite cruel. Oh, no, it's not he. Um, he enjoys it. Because we ask him, you know, did you enjoy the game? And he said yes, and claps his hands, you know, so he enjoyed it. I just want to go back to your thoughts about death, really, about how you um, you want to be eaten by a hyena because you believe that you will become what has eaten you. Yes. Is that in the in, in the the history book of how to be a capybara or is that something you've you've written into your culture over time well I think it's something just from the way we live really our life is very boring it's very mundane you know we get up we, we have a wash in the river we wallow in the mud for a bit we um swim for an hour or so then eat a bit of grass so it's kind of a bit of a cycle really and I think some people have always thought the fantasy of you know becoming what we fear becoming the most horrible creature possible I think a lot of people fantasize about that and, and sometimes a fantasy becomes reality. Sometimes what we wish we had, we really want, you know, we try to get. I think it will maybe become part of the history of the book one day. But for now, it's very much a, um, a more of a um, unwritten law, I guess. Right. Does everyone agree with with this way of life? 
yes. In fact, those who don't um, are often cast out of the island because they just... Not, it's not, not in a horrible way. It's just, you know, it's better for them to not be around people like us because it's almost like a game show whenever a hyena pops out in the wild we're all trying to you know run towards it because we want to be eaten first you know no nobody's hiding you know the people who are hiding there nobody likes them you know they're um, they're just cowards really you know, it's a race to see who could be eaten first. How would you like to be eaten by a hyena? Would you like to be consumed in one? Munched up? Chewed and played around with? What, what, what would be your preferred method? I like the fantasy of knowing that a hyena thinks I don't want to be eaten. I like knowing that I'm more tempting to them than a mouse is tempted by cheese. I like the chase, the rush. I like to put on the show, run around circles, down the mole holes, through the badger huts, get the hyena hot and sweaty. I like to let chase me for hours. But in reality, it would never catch me if I didn't want it to. I can make a living out of it. Like a permanent drug trip. You know, have it dancing in circles, out of breath. But in the end, I do want it to catch me. I just want to treasure this moment. I want to feel the soul of the hyena stretching out towards me, begging me, please let me eat you. Please let me dig my teeth into your soft capybara skin. That's why I imagine the hyena is thinking every time a tear drops down from its face. And the more frustrated the hyena gets, the more likely they are to make the kill brutal and merciful. And it will be magical, it, it will be ritualistic, and certainly won't leave you in a crippled state where the hyena doesn't even want to finish you off, because it'd rather watch you suffer. You'd rather watch you squirm, half broken, in a pit of... But once you get underneath the hyena's skin, all it wants to do is consume you. Like a cat and mouse game? Oh yes. Although in that case, I don't think the mouse would want to die. But you do. Yes. I think a lot of animals could benefit from a capybara's outlook on life. I agree. Our humble narrator finalises his journey aboard the Capybara Express. Who knows where he shall travel next? Episode 1, Capybara Island. Written and produced by Brad John Kane. Starring Brad John Kane, Samuel Clouston, Rose Hamrich and Thomas Fernandez. With music by Brad John Kane, Samuel Clouston and Luca Gambarini. <laughs>